Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, when values conflict. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So it's ADHD Awareness Month, and um, sometimes you do a show that uh, we call it Evergreen. Uh, it's good then and it's good now. And uh, we're repurposing an interview I did with Elaine Taylor Kloss many years ago with regard to values. And uh, originally, I was thinking of, of a bullying type topic. But anyway, the, this is like one of those shows that all of a sudden morphed in a direction that I didn't really expect it to go. And it's incredibly good content. So we're going to replay it um, here during ADHD Awareness Month. Hope you enjoy the show. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you. It is great to be here. I, you know, it's it's funny because I always like to do the bio and stuff beforehand, but, you know, you're just so animated. I just got to bring you on because it's so much more fun just to kind of work our way through it, you know? Bios are boring. <laughs> yeah, but I got I to put – I've known Elaine for, God, seven, eight, ten years for all I know. And we got this we – we're, we're newbies kind of together. And she's built this empire with Diane called ImpactADHD.com for parents. And it's got all these resources that just absolutely phenomenal that you got to check out. Um, and you guys have a program right now called From Chaos to Calm. Is, is that yep. right? Yeah. Tell us about that yep. just real quick. Well, it's it's just it's really an intro webinar that introduces a program we have called Sanity School. And Sanity School is is really um, it, it's a six week 
parent management training program that we've developed using what we call the coach approach, using skills from the world of coaching and what we understand about ADHD and complex kids. And it really teaches parents in, in six short weeks with about three months of support, how do you get your head around having a complex kid and how do you, how do you begin to communicate with them in a way that really works for them and begins to restore a bunch of calm in your family, <laughs> which is uh, You can powerful. communicate with kids? That's possible? Yeah, imagine. Even teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, with teenagers. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really it is. Happens, I, was, yeah. I was talking to somebody today. I, we did not set out to do this. I think that was not our plan, but what we realized we've done is we've really developed a very effective behavior management system for parents to use with all kinds of complex kids, and it's really pretty amazing. So we love and, it. And, 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 and you got you have a web- website, fromchaostocalm.net. You just go to that place yep. and it's got all the stuff, right? Yeah, it's a great way to, to get access to it because that way you get a free webinar at first and you get to taste it a little bit. Another thing I just want to plug everybody real quick with, uh, with uh, Elaine is she's one of the unpaid volunteers that works on the Chad board that kind of really kind of helps the ADHD community, and there's a lot of work that's involved with some of that stuff, and it's, it's yeah. a, a good thriving Chad is a good thriving advocacy for the ADHD industry. So on behalf of myself and the rest of the world, thank you for your contribution to that, um, Elaine. I know it's very it's time-consuming, but we all appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is time-consuming, and I think it's it's critically important. So it is. But I appreciate um, the acknowledgement very much. Absolutely, absolutely. So behaviors and values. We're both trained the Coaches Training Institute, among some other places. But let's just talk, let's just talk about values for a second. Describe that to our listeners so we understand what the values are. Then we'll just talk about behaviors and how ADHD behaviors and values can really create conflict, and we'll talk about how to manage that. So talk to us about values. Okay. So, so values are, I like to describe it as values are who we are at our core. They're what we stand for. They're different from beliefs because our beliefs will change over time. They'll change over the course of our lives. You know, when you're young and, and hip, you may have one set of beliefs, and then as you're older, you may maybe grow a little more conservative, maybe fiscally see the world differently, and so your beliefs may change. But your values are are part of your core. So if you have a value around uh, respect or integrity or, um, you know, fulfilling responsibilities, whatever that is, that's, that sort of lives with you in your life, and it doesn't, that, it doesn't change. Your priority around it may change as, as you age and mature and have different life experiences, but those core values um, sort of travel with us in our lives and guide us to make decisions. The challenge you know, is that often we're not aware that we're making, using them to make decisions. And so part of what this conversation is about is becoming aware of our values so that we can use them consciously in our decision-making. It's interesting because the, the, uh, I did a little exercise a couple years ago, a marketing thing, and I just sent out a whole bunch of questions to people around them. It was interesting because what really kind of came back from the feedback that I got was uh, respect. Respect is a big deal for me, but one of them that kind of came was principled, a very principled. Mm-hmm. I do things just based off of principle, and it was one of those things that I was never really aware of, and it was profound impact because when somebody else named it for me, I began to witness it, and it just shows up all over my life. And it, I bet. It, I look back in the rearview mirror, and it's been there for forever, and yeah. I didn't know it, but it's been profound now that I actually pay attention to the fact that that's what I pay attention to, and it drives a lot of my behavior, a lot of a lot of the things that I do, and sometimes even my judgments. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it sounds like it's a core value of yours. 
Yep. And you may have, you always, it's always there, but you you are now aware of it and honoring it in a different way in your life than you may have been conscious yep. of 15 years ago, right? Um, so, and so by being aware of it, you then have it as a lens that you use when you're trying to make decisions, that, you know, simple decisions and, com- and, and complex. A simple decision may be, do I want to support that restaurant based on what, what they stand for, you know, mm-hmm. versus complex decisions about you might make about your kids or your life or whatever. I love I love how you say it's a lens. It's it's what you look through and how you pay attention to things and what you illuminate. Because that's a that's a that's a big mm-hmm. key word in my in my world. So that's those those are the, the principles. Let's talk about behaviors, particularly ADHD behaviors. Talk to us about that for a second. Ah, that's an interesting distinction. So, um, what are behaviors? They are they are how we act, perform, uh, connect, in, engage. Uh, they're, they're really, behavior is more about the doing, although there's always going to be an emotional piece to it because sometimes our behaviors isn't what we're doing, but it's how we're being. Um, and so our behaviors are, are, I guess they're sort of how we manifest ourselves in the world. I don't know, how would you describe them? It's an interesting question. Um, I like what you said, how how we manifest in the world, how... Um, because our behaviors are very much controlled, in my opinion, by what you pay attention to. And well, it, it, our behaviors are, I mean, just just stop there for a minute. Our behaviors are very much controlled. And I sort of I hear that and I go, are they? <laughs> like the problem with our population, with the, work, and with the people we work with, with ourselves, right, is mm-hmm. that we have to be conscious of controlling our behaviors because oftentimes we're not bringing that awareness as you talk about so beautifully. Right, but and without the yeah, awareness, we're not consciously controlling our behaviors. It, well, it's funny because I've, I've said this a gazillion times on the show. Is when I had Dr. Bark on years ago, he talked about the brain. He said, think of it as a two-level system. There's the automatic brain, mm-hmm. which is the primitive brain, which is like uh, you know you do habits for so many times right. you don't think about it, and you know your instincts, your fight, flight, or freeze, all that kind of stuff is just like that that, that reptilian brain. And then you have the executive functioning brain. He says it's really, really effortful because it's got to step in and it's got to override that automatic brain. And for those Mm -hmm. with ADHD, is that automatic brain is kind of going all the time, and if ADHD is a self-regulation issue and they're not aware of it, then their behavior is darting to the new sparkling type of thing all over the place. And so it manifests in their behavior, and people judge that behavior for whatever reason. Now, sometimes it could be accurate, and sometimes I don't think it's as accurate as what the, the judgment is, but it manifests exactly. that way. And that I think the key really is, is, that, is that when you see that behavior, sometimes, like for somebody with ADHD, if they're not overriding it, um, their difficulty with pulling themselves away from something to go meet you on time now, mm-hmm. some people could say, listen, I value my time, and if that person's not showing up on time, they're not valuing me and stuff. But, but in that situation, maybe they don't – maybe it's true for some people, but for those with ADHD, is it really that, or is the biology such that they're not able to override it and actually get there? So it's not, it's not who they are. It's not their heart. It's not their soul. It's just their, their brain wiring that – they're not able to override, and hence they show up late, and it creates a lot of conflict. So yeah, in terms of behavior, does. to me, is, is sometimes it's what you're paying for, but sometimes it's just, it's just that automatic pilot, particularly for those with ADHD, that really kind of gets in the way, and hence 
that's when the fight started, I guess. <laughs> well, well, and what I would say to add to that is that it's it's the behavior when you're not thinking consciously about it. So, yes. you know, you may have a value around um, respect, and if I'm late, I, I'm not respecting your time, right? And I may have a value around respect, and I'm respecting the person I'm with, and I'm not leaving early enough because I'm being present to the person I'm talking to. And we, so we may share the value, but it's manifest differently. The behavior yep. of it is different. And so you can choose to interpret someone else's behavior as, you know, that person is being rude or disrespectful. Um, and, and I think we in this population run into that a lot, is that people interpret our behaviors as mm-hmm. rude or, th- or thoughtless or inconsiderate, um, when in fact we're just, as you point out, we're just paying attention to something else, yep. right? But, yes, it gets us into trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> you know? I want I wanna, I wanna, I wanna to go to break. Um, so let's real quick plug everybody. This is Elaine Taylor Kloss. She's co-founder of ImpactADHD.com. Go check out from chaos to calm.net um, for all that really good stuff there. But we did a show. Caroline and I did a show back. I think it was during ADHD Awareness Month. And it was all roads lead to mindfulness. And we asked. We sent a whole questionnaire out to a whole bunch of experts, like 25. Yeah. And Elaine was one. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Doctor Burton was one. Art Tuckman was one. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. And it was interesting because the, our, our notion is so many of my shows that I've done since I like to pay attention to attention. It all comes back to mindfulness in the end. And, and guess what? After the break, I think that you're going to see it's going to become awareness and mindfulness and paying attention to what's going on to kind of override to how to deal with some of this conflict. So you, you think I'm on to something here, Elaine? You think that's where um, we're going? I, I know you are. Looking <laughs> <laughs> forward to the talk after the break. <laughs> All right, with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Our secret word tonight is values. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change the lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. We're here with Elaine Taylor-Kloss of Impact ADHD, and we're having a great conversation about ADHD behavior and values. What do, do, what do they do when they conflict? Uh, before the break, we talked a little bit about values, and we talked a little bit about behaviors, the, the two, and um, kind of give you a little bit of a, a, a glimpse as to, as to how they might collide. I did share before the break um, how I, for my entire life, realized that one of my core values was principles, being very principled about things or sticking with principles, and didn't know it until, until literally about two and a half years ago. And just that awareness has really changed how I, I, I look at things and how I do stuff and being mindful of how that shows up, sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a way that I've got to kind of throttle back. And I think a lot of this conversation, Elaine, is really about the awareness and that sometimes 
the behavior is being manifested because the person's maybe paying attention to something and you're judging them based off of that and that that could be kind of incongruent and for this conversation I want to tee up one of my favorite things that I heard I don't remember where I heard it is people are not AD ADHD they have ADHD so it's again you pull that apart a little bit because it's not it's not who they are it's not their soul it's not their 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 emotions and stuff it's just this thing that impacts it's like I'm not um, nearsighted I I'm Jeff who ha- struggles with my eyesight so I use glasses so with that being said let's talk about when this conflict begins and in, in, in that space a little bit from your perspective well, you know, what jumps out at me as you were saying that is that, you know, I remember when I first started this work, I want I, my my vision is to help parents manage kids with complex issues like ADHD and, and help these kids learn to live with ADHD and not be defined by it. And that's sort of what you're speaking to is that um, this is about being conscious and aware of, of the way that our brains operate and our brains work so that we can um, – make the kinds of choices we want to make to lead a, you know, successful, fulfilling, happy life, whatever it is, you know, we're we're seeking. And our values are a fundamental way that we do that because the values are what we care about, right? They're Mm -hmm. what's important to us in the world. And Mm -hmm. if we become aware of those values, and and as we talked about a little earlier in the beginning of of the show, is use them as a lens for our decision making, then, then we have we have something to, to hold on to. We have a handle for, for decisions mm-hmm. so that we're not making them arbitrarily. Like we, mm-hmm. we know what's important and we, we know we're doing this because. And, and I think it's a particularly important because, um, because sometimes our values are going to be in conflict with each other. Like sometimes mm-hmm. our values are in conflict with other people in our families. Like kids yep. and, and parents don't necessarily share the same values. Spouses don't necessarily share the same values. Um, but sometimes we even, in fact always I think, we even have values in conflict with ourselves. Yes. And so when we can be conscious and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to recognize and honor this value now, what I may do on a Friday night in terms of going out and playing and, and the choices mm-hmm. I make mm-hmm. then may be different from the choices I make when I get up to exercise on a Saturday morning, yep. for example. Yep. Right? So we're honoring different things at different times. So we have to be mindful of that within ourselves as well as in the relationships we have with our kids or our spouses or, or our work in the workplace. It shows up in lots of different ways. So, everybody wait for it. <laughs> you become aware of your values and you become aware of behaviors. And the idea is to notice when your values are coming up and they're in conflict and be able to, uh, wait for it, pause. <laughs> <laughs> pause and yep. stop that automatic response, even if you don't have ADHD, and so, wait a second, what's going on here, right? Like, I am really, I have, one of my values might be financial discipline, but I'm married to somebody who's got ADHD and has a hard time paying attention. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. So rather than just react, because Melissa Orlov does a lot of uh, work with ADHD for, as a marriage consultant. She talked about the symptom-response response, and that's like there's the ADHD symptom, and then you respond to that with emotion, and then the ADHD person responds back to your emotion. It begins to spiral out of control. And I think that there's some play here is that, first of all, you've got to pause, and you've got to notice where your values are showing up and notice the behavior before you can reconcile it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it, it's about using the value to make to, to decide how you want your beha- how you want to behave, to to make the choice about where how I want to proceed, instead of 
acting without really stopping to think about what's important to me in this moment. You know, is it when you stop and say what's important to me, you may you may stop the thing that's got your full attention because you want to make it to school on time to pick up your kid, right? Yep. Um, when you're clear what's, that, that what's really important to me more than anything is my relationship with that kid, that's going to drive your decisions and drive your behaviors differently than if you're not aware of what the impact is of being late to pick up your kid. So when you notice that, is it really about pausing and backing up and then making a choice? Well, sometimes it's about pausing and backing up. Um, ideally, it's about being <laughs> being thoughtful and mindful and making the choice before you take the action, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the model that we teach, there's there's sort of a process of first we take aim, then we go through and collect information, and then we plan. And, you know, when, when we're beginning to try to tackle challenging situations in our lives, we, we ideally we'd like to be as, as planful about it as we can. Sometimes for us in this world, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but, but when, you know, you talk a lot about awareness and mm-hmm. ahas and consciousness, and I, and I think when we elevate our awareness about our, our behaviors, when we take the time to think about them, even if it's not in the moment, but mm-hmm. if we think about it, it, it increases the likelihood that in that moment we are less likely to be impulsive and more likely to make a choice based on a conscious awareness we have of our values. And that sounds like a lot of babble speak. When I hear myself say it, it's like that's not as clear as I want it to sound. But, 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 but let's, 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 one of the things that has been interesting to me is Melissa R. Love talks about symptom response for response when she's working with couples. And one of the deals is with that is you begin to feel that emotion in your body as a trigger mm-hmm. to notice that you're, you have that. She calls it flooding. And in that moment, we call it what triggering. you do is yep. you call it triggering. She calls it flooding. The idea yep. is you feel that in your body and you walk away for a moment. And the idea goes back to Dr. Barkley is you need to downregulate your emotion at that point in time because that fight-or-flight brain has taken flight and your brain actually diverts blood from the yep. prefrontal cortex to other parts of your brain and you can't remember what to do. So you've got to remove yourself from that situation, downregulate your emotions so that that executive functioning brain can come back in, the logical side can't because you've got you to take the emotion out of it. Now, you call it triggering. So, so let me Melissa, just tell you, we, we call it amygdala hijack. I like like that. Um, But you're you're talking about that. Melissa Orlov's talking about the flooding feeling. We interviewed uh, Autumn Zatani, who is the head of all the curriculum at Sesame Street, and I believe it was season 43 they started realizing that self-regulation was a big deal among kids, uh, preschoolers. This is not ADD. This is across the board. And they began sitting there, and they they would help kids begin to, to name emotions and talk about how they feel it in their body. And when they could feel that rage or whatever, it's, again, the, the amygdala hijack when you feel that or the flight. We're talk, it's a different language, but I think we're talking about the same thing. Then yep, they would teach the kids at that point in time when you feel it, stop and you belly breathe. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's in the nose and out the mouth or vice versa. And you do that a couple times. And then you count one, two, three to distance yourself from the trigger to downregulate your emotions. And then you would brainstorm with your executive functioning brain in order to pick it. And the reason I'm saying this is this is three completely different areas. Sesame Street, Melissa Orlov, and you guys, to me, it's the exact same process. You're all talking about the same thing. You're using different words or different types of things. But the yeah. process is when you feel that, that conflict pause, downregulate your emotions, 
Realize your values at play. Watch the behavior, and then back up for a second, and then you can more readily manage the situation and say, do I really want to, is it really going to help my relationship with my child or my spouse for me to, to pick this battle right now? We teach it very similar, and, and it's funny because I did a workshop a couple of years ago with, with, Linda's, with Lydia Zalaska who taught another uh-huh. variation on it, and we teach it in a four-step process of escaping the stress cycle. But all of these, as you say, they're all exactly the same concept, which is recognize, start with, step one is always you've got to start by recognizing you're getting triggered yep. in the first place. Two, you've got to reclaim your brain from the trigger, Yep. right? However you do that, drinking water, taking breaths, taking a shower, whatever it is. And then what you're talking about, the, the language we use for it is make up, make up a new story that works for you. Mm-hmm. Right? What are you telling yourself and how is that serving you or the situation? And can, what else is also true that can serve the situation? Right? And so that then you can take action based on the story you're telling yourself. And what you're pointing to, and I hadn't really thought about it until now, it's, it's a great thought, is that as you make up that story, it's like where, where are the values of yours that that story is supporting? Yes. Because if what you've been telling yourself is it's never going to work, I can't do it, is it? You know, then, then yep. that's going to be true. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, everybody, let's, we're going to go to a break again. It's impactadhd.com, and where's my notes? I've got to get this website. From chaos to calm.net. But before I go, it occurred to me in this interview that there's another interview you should go check out. It's Google Attention Talk Radio. Bex, B-E-X, and listen to that interview about Bex stranded <laughs> oh gosh, at school because so her parents ago. drove away without her in carpool line. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Our secret word tonight is values. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everybody, we're having a great conversation with Elaine Taylor-Kloss. Apparently, everything always, all roads with ADHD lead back to mindfulness. And, you know, Elaine, I just, I, what is your perspective on a parent that would leave their kid in carpool line and just drive away? <laughs> I mean, stranded. I mean, are they, what are they paying attention to in that situation? How could that happen? Well, clearly they've got another value they're trying to honor. <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. 
It's a true Thanks story, for the everybody. reminder. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens before you understand you have ADHD and learn to manage it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everybody, you figured this out by now. Bex is uh, Elaine's daughter, and she left her in carpool line because her behavior was driving off without her daughter and because she was paying attention to something else at the time, which wasn't. It's just so an ADHD moment. <laughs> I, 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 challenge, I challenge the veracity of the story, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but the, 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 the funny thing about this, and I'm bringing this up because, I mean, when I was talking to Bex about this and I'm talking to you, we're laughing about this now, but you go back oh, yeah. into the moment and it's, there's some tension and there's some stress because there's, as I described, there's problems. And, and I, I was interviewing a... Greg Creech a couple years ago, he talked about, you know, the thing about problems is you have to deal with them right now. And you might be grateful for something, but you don't have to be grateful right now. That can get kicked down the street. But problems, you have to, in, it surfaces, so you never get to the, the gratitude. That's why Japanese psychology is part of it. You have to practice gratitude, because if you don't, yeah. it's never going to happen. And I'm saying this because in the moment that we're laughing about it now, but you go back to in the moment when all that stuff happened, there's issues. There's homework, and there's, you've got to double back, and you're late, and blah, blah, blah. And it creates this level of chaos and stress that at some point in time, sometimes you've got to pause, and you've got to let it go, and just, just kind of laugh at yourself to a certain degree in order to manage it um, to kind of get through it. So, right. Little, well, that's where the value dice. around joy and play comes in, <laughs> you know. I mean, seriously, I think I, think I have managed, we have in our house, because we're an ADD family of five, right, um, and I think we've managed our, our, our ADHD largely through humor and, and play and being able to, to let go and not take things personally because otherwise it could kill you, you know, <laughs> it'll make it crazy. Wow. Uh, I mean, you're, you get, you're honoring your values of joy and play as oh, a means. It's a powerful way to manage your ADHD is to is to play your way through life. That reminds because me, we did a we did a show years ago about humor, the impact of humor yeah. on ADHD, and, and Rick Green was talking about how you can't laugh and cry at the same time. First of all. He says no, you can't do hard. it. Try it. You, you can't do it. And the second thing is you can use humor often as a shield um, to deflect yeah. stuff sometimes in order to kind of, to, to kind of manage it a little bit. And so I don't mean to digress, but there's, there's a lot of good shows and some good stuff that are always related to stuff that's kind of going on. Yeah. But, but getting back centered is, is you, can have, you can be a parent that is really into, like, your children, like, you know, respect and honoring, you know, adults, you know, not, not interrupting, not talking out of turn, not bouncing all over the place. And if, if that's really a value of yours and your kid's got ADD, to me there's instant conflict right there. And it's mm-hmm. a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the best example of that is the, is the um, and I'll, I'm going to say the mom of a, you know, 16-year-old kid who has a really strong value around order or, or you know, or maybe sometimes it's around beauty, um, mm-hmm. things being in their place or, or, you know, any of those sort of realm of values. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the nature of a, of a 16-year-old kid with ADHD is, is generally not orderly. It tends to be a little messy. It, you know, it's, it's certainly yep, yep. not beautiful. And, and when that and it's often a mom, although not always, when that mom is so focused on the value around order or beauty or accomplishing things or, or taking responsibility for yourself, all of these things are values that a lot of parents have, and they're, they're beautiful values. Mm-hmm. And when we hold that value so tight that we let go of the value around loving our child or being connected to our child or, or any of those pieces of the 
that, that build a positive relationship, you begin to see fractures in these relationships. And, and it happens in, in all kinds of ways in our relationships. But I think those teenage years, it's a great example because most of us can relate to it either as parents or because we remember when we were kids, when we were teens, right? Um, and so when we, as it, when parents hold really tight to one value, and I call it a bully value, right, yep. Yep. Around, um, around, let's just use the example of um, order, that mm-hmm. it's so much so that, that they're constantly sort of redirecting and directing and redirecting their kids, and they're never sort of taking the time to play and have fun and connect and go to the movies and, and enjoy their relationship with their child, uh, then they're missing out on honoring that whole set of values, that they, these other values that they have. And they're not I, tying in to what the kids value, because there's something going on in that kid's life that they're doing that really is a value of theirs. Yep, yep. Right. I, I Oftentimes can't. we see this with video games. You know, kids, there's something that's going on in that video game that that kid is really enjoying and, and valuing, and we as parents, all we see it is, is a waste of time. So two comments. One, before I forget it, is as you were describing fractured relationships and the direct redirect, you know, Terry Dixon is a is a physician in Michigan who got trained as a coach. It changed his life. We did a show years ago about how he said it was harder for him to become a coach than anybody else when he went through it because he had to let go of the notion that people were broken because he'd been trained all his medical life that people were right. broken and he had to fix them. But he does a lot of talking about his relationship as a father with ADHD and his son and the fractured relationship and a lot of the overt values that he was kind of pressing. And I encourage you to go listen to anything that he talks about with that lens a little bit because I think you might kind of pick up on some stuff. And yeah. then you said something I forgot. <laughs> I said well, that I was one. talking about it's not just the parents' value, but sometimes the kids have got their own oh, yeah, value yeah, yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. not honoring. And I always like to do this because I like to pay attention to what they're paying attention to. So I'm digressing a little bit, but parents say, no, that kid just, all he does is play computer games, and, and they think it's kind of a waste of time. One of the things that I've learned over the years is the few times that I'm, I'm working with teenagers, I go, or the parents, I go, what games do they play? I go, what do you mean? Yeah, I go, the parent doesn't well, know. It's interesting because if you ta- if you take a look, like t- the type of games that you that they play, if you say how are they all similar, they can tell you a lot about what's going on. And I have my younger kid doesn't have ADD, but he's very visual and he plays a lot of sports games and he mimics the games and, until until he got puberty. That's all he played. Now he's doing some other stuff because of the, the social side of it. But the other side of it is I, I can't tell you particularly how many ADHD kids are into like Call of Duty and uh, Halo. And I've learned over the years that. To win those games, you have to study human behavior. Mm-hmm. You have to begin, right. like, those kids tend to like poker and chess because you have to think of the other opponent. And it's fa- been fascinating to me as I've delved into that with a few is that how that starts to permeate. There's one kid who loved computer games and liked to fish, and over a period of time I realized he didn't really like to fish. He liked to catch. But to catch, mm-hmm. you had to study the fish's behavior. And when he cracked the code, he didn't want to do it anymore. But anyway, as an aside, yeah. I, you know, I always digress, pay attention to what they're paying attention to. But kind of coming back to you were talking about, you know, your values, direct and redirect, and also what the kids' values are. And we're back to pausing and paying attention to what you're paying attention to and pausing to notice what the kids are paying attention to so you don't get into this conflict and these fractured relationships because of their automatic brain and your automatic brain and not being right. conscious of it. Well, yeah, and and I think what I would add to that is that there's also this missed opportunity, right? Like Mm -hmm. part of what we want to do for our kids is help them play to their strengths and 
and figure out what what they love about the world and what they're good at and you know where where they're going and what's important about it to them and if if we're if we're missing what's important to them i was just i was just coaching a client today around this issue who was upset because her 12-year-old son was not um you know, finishing the homework and didn't care about getting doing really well at school and didn't seem to care about getting involved in, in athletics and all the things that she's supposed to do to be a good mom, right? And then when we started talking about it, this is a 12-year-old kid who's watching, um, who wanted to get up in the morning to watch the election returns, who is really into what's happening in current events and current affairs. And and, and she was so busy focusing on what he wasn't doing that she was sort of missing the opportunity to see what was extraordinary about this kid and what he did care about. And it completely shifted her whole frame of reference when she was able to start seeing what, what, he, what was important to him and realized that that was also important to her, even though there were some other things that weren't important to him that he, she did care about. And he's not ready to own those things yet. But if she can play to his interests and cultivate that relationship with him, then she can help him learn to begin to, to honor some values around responsibility and, and some of those other things that are really important to her. So if you're listening to this, we are at about minute 39 into the program. Go back to like minute 37 and re-listen to what Elaine just said. Um, it's really, really, really important. Um, and if we weren't so long, I would go on a whole diatribe about attention and what that really is, but I'm not going to. I'll spare all you guys that for another time. Um, uh, we do need to kind of pull this thing together. So at the, at the end of the day, we really start talking about values and how important they are and how they shape our, our the, 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 the rock bed of what we do and how important it is to understand what our core values is and understand how they manifest. Then we start talking about behaviors and how it's a function of what you're paying attention to in the moment. And sometimes that can be misread, and there can be this conflict that takes place. Um, as we begin to unravel that, it's really about pausing and being aware of, these are my values, this is the behavior. Is this behavior really what they're paying attention to and what they mean, or is am I judging it in a different way as a, as a means to pause and say, really, what's kind of going on here, and override that both on your side and their side to, to be able to manage it. And actually to bring other values in like play and joy and those types of things so that you don't get into those fractured relationships. Everybody, that sounds like a lot, but it's, it's, it's a skill that you learn over a period of time of pausing yeah. and doing that stuff. And I think Elaine, I've, I've done lots of interviews with Elaine and what she does with parents, and there's a lot of this process that they're teaching you to kind of do. So with that said, I do think a lot, all roads lead to mindfulness because you've got to stop and think about what's kind of going on being awareness. But with that said, Elaine, any final comments, thoughts, or concepts that we want to impart before we wrap it up? Well, I guess two things jump out at me. One is that I, I want to make a distinction between awareness and mindfulness because I don't think they're the same oh, thing. Oh, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah this is, careful not to – because mindfulness get, really is, is a discipline and a practice. And, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. We're hold, hold really on Everybody get out your pencil and paper. Everybody get out your pencil and paper. It's time to take notes. <laughs> She's really good at this. This is I, I'm telling you, I've heard this before. It's really good. So, okay, Elaine, teach us. Oh, no, no, you just set me up. That's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I just think what's, what's important and what we're talking about in the realm of coaching, and, and I've had some, several conversations with, with Mark Burton about this, actually. It's like, what's the distinction between coaching and mindfulness? Because so often he'll talk about something. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what we taught. That's coaching. It's like, and the distinction is that what we're really talking about here is raising consciousness and awareness to our, to our thoughts and our feelings and our actions and our behaviors. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We we believe in the world of coaching. We understand that when we when we become aware, when we pay attention to something and become aware of it and set intention around it, it leads to different behaviors and different outcomes and actions. Um, mindfulness is a is a practice that that leads you to greater awareness, but it is not the awareness in and of itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's just let's just see if we can. I can throw a metaphor on here in order to this. Mindfulness is is a practice. I say I describe it as an as an attention exercise. So let me give you an example. A series of exercises. So mindfulness, practicing mindfulness could be chewing really slowly 34 times to become aware and and conscious about about your eating. Right. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hijack you there here, Louis Lane. Like okay. one of the things that I do is I talk about the the executive, the the, the Barclays that you have the, the automatic brain and you have the executive functioning brain and how the executive function is really effortful and it's got to override the, the the automatic. And when I'm working with right. somebody with ADHD and I'm describing that and or somebody who doesn't, and I want them really to understand what that looks like. One of the exercises I'll have them do is like eat a meal or do something for a period of time where you're moving around and you need to use your less dominant hand. Mm-hmm. To do what your dominant hand would normally what do. You usually, yeah. and, when, and when you think about that, you have to be conscious in mind because you have to keep paying attention because your automatic brain, your instincts are going to reach out. In my case, with my right hand, and I've got to, I got to be, I got to stop and pay attention to what I'm paying attention to in that moment and override it. And I do it over and over and over and over a period, so I can begin to learn how to pause. Because if right. if I don't, if I if I don't pause. My instincts are going to take over, and if I do pause, I'm going to do that. And that's an exercise that they'll do over a period of time. And as they do that, and they develop that skill, if you will, that practice, then they go in, they go, okay, now I want to be in my life. I want to be more aware of my mindful intentions and and create that environment and think about what I'm doing before I do it or to create that environment where I'm I'm not really, I can kind of let my, my brain go and be okay. And to me, the difference is mindfulness practice is like that attention exercise, but being mindful yep. is increasing the, the awareness, like increasing the awareness through that exercise that you've got to override it, and that's what the real world, and then you go out there and it kind of happens. So I don't know if that makes some sense exactly. to you, but I like to do that in practical terms because you can kind of, you can experience the difficulty of the exercise, and if you do it on a regular basis, what I find is my clients will begin to notice it in the real world, and they'll be able to pause, not as an exactly. exercise. I like, I like that thought, that it helps you slow down and pause. It helps you begin to be able to take aim first, which is so critically important. And at the end of the day, we talked about the practice of mindfulness and mindful practices we did, but a lot of times in coaching, you always take it back to the body because the body doesn't lie, so we go back to the amygdala hijack yeah. and the flooding. So if you can't catch yourself, if you can learn to listen to your body, your body will be the trigger that you can begin to start that process in order to happen. So if it's, if it's a kid that's a preschool that's watching Sesame Street and they can feel the tension in their body, then they can stop and belly breathe, and that's the process to kind of get you there. So. Right. And then, can I can I add one more thing? Yes. Yes. So so the other thing you you asked is you know is there anything else I want to, I want to say and and what 
strikes me is, you know, we've hit a lot of the key points about values that they're always in conflict with each other and we have to be mindful or choice, you know, be at choice around that, that we have bully values. Um, I think what we haven't hit on and I really want to make drive home is that we may share the same values, but they may look different. Um, yes. And so there's the two pieces that, that the people we love may not necessarily share the values that we, sh- we have. And, and, in fact, I believe oftentimes, um, and we do this exercise. My husband and I do some work around values, and we've done couples workshops, and um, we have the couples do individual values, and we do this sort of Venn diagram where we overlay them. Mm-hmm. And what we tend to see is most, most couples have a series of values that they share, right, that they, they both have the same values. And then they have, on the outside, they each have, you know, a half a dozen values, really strong values that, that they, uh, their spouse does not share. Mm-hmm. It's often what their spouse really values that you don't that makes you crazy about your spouse, right? So um, I don't have as strong a value, for example, around, um, you know, sort of being constantly, being informed, state. Being, being aware of what's going on, being constantly connected in a way that my mm-hmm. husband does. Um, and so his need to express that value actually can make me nuts <laughs> sometimes because <laughs> it's just not that important to me. The idea is that, that when we recognize what the people we love value most, mm-hmm. particularly if those values, if we don't share the value, If we recognize that what they're doing is expressing something that they care about, that they value, and we honor that, it it takes the charge out of it. It's less likely to make you crazy when your child or your spouse is doing something that you really don't care about if you realize that they're doing it because they care a lot, right? Um, Oftentimes parents with kids, teenagers who are really social, particularly mm-hmm. if the parent is not or is introverted, um, it's really important to those kids. That's something that they're expressing. They care about their friends. They're, they're, yep, there's yep. some connection that they're expressing. And when we can recognize that that really is legitimately a value that they're expressing yep. instead of just trying to get out of doing work, yep. <laughs> right, yep. um, it really allows us to support them differently. So sometimes and, and, the same values show up very differently, and we don't always share the same values. Absolutely, absolutely. So have we exhausted it without going on for another hour? Any last I think like, we, words I think of wisdom? We've hit it pretty well. We, we did it. We did it. <laughs> I was just going to say the word of wisdom is, is to try to take some time to be aware of your own values and, and become aware of the, the values that people you love the most have, whether they're like yours or not. So I train other people to be ADHD coaches, and one of the things that I do in the first part is you, when, you're, when you're a coach, the first thing you need is to receive somebody, and young newbies don't really know what that is, and they read all this stuff, and it's kind of hard, and I say, listen, really what you want to do is they want to come in, and you want to get them. Like, mm-hmm. I always say, you know, Lane, think about everybody in your entire life who understands you or gets you, and I'll say, you know, how many know three or more, and rarely anybody says anything, two or more, and then I shut up because it's really emotional because most people don't feel like they're ever understood or anybody ever gets them, and it's really powerful when a person is trying to get you, and get you is not, I want them to get what I'm saying. It's like, Elaine, what is frustration to you? Because I know what it is to me, but I want to know what really what it is to you, and when I, you, I keep asking you a bunch of questions, and frustration for you is very different from me and I can connect so it's really like this 
they really, I mean, it's a powerful moment in the relationship, particularly those ages, because they feel like, oh, my God, somebody really is trying to get me. And when you're honoring the value of your partner and you're getting them, it can be transformational because people yep. want to be understood. They want to be God. And just that acknowledgement of, hey, wait a second, this is really a big deal for them, I think it can change relationships. Oh, profoundly, profoundly. And, and you know, and I've been doing this for, for a number of years, and, and I will say that, when I got that, it profound. When I did this relation, this exercise with my husband, it was just about a year ago. And I mean, we've been in this realm now. We're both coaches. Uh, it changed our dynamic and our relationship completely because I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't really honoring his values. And when I shifted that, it, it changed everything. Yeah, I'm sure it changed behavior at the same time in a, in a different exactly. kind of way. So with that, yep. Blaine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. As always, i got to come up with another topic to have you back soon. Everybody go check out (laughs) impactadhd.com and go check out fromchaostocalm.net. With that, everybody, catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.